All across the Upper Peninsula, many of the towns and cities eat, sleep, and breathe high school sports. It's the main topic of conversation when old men get together for coffee every day, or when you pass by your neighbor at the grocery store. And whether it's bragging rights or just a sense of pride, these sports are a big deal to youpers all over. So with the boys and girls basketball season just getting started, I decided to sit down with my friend, Bryce Derwine. Bryce is a sports journalist who has been covering sports in the UP since 2014. But he's also a born and raised youper, so he's been involved a lot longer than that. Now I met Bryce for the first time this summer, and really truth be told, I've been a fan of his sports writing and Twitter musings for the last year or two. I'm a big sports fan myself, so when we did meet, it didn't take long over a beer or two for he and I to find some common ground. I actually had just started this podcast, and through talking about that, he let me in on a secret project he was working on. And he told me this project would change high school sports coverage in the UP as we know it. But you know what? I'll let him tell you about it himself. So without further ado, let's chat it up. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 13 of the Chatted Up podcast. Uh, sitting here with my, my good friend Bryce. Bryce, thank you for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate you being here with me today. Uh, before we get started, I do want to give a big shout out to uh, Ampersand. And if you don't know what Ampersand is, it is the co-working space uh, here in Marquette, Michigan uh, for the Marquette Chamber of Commerce. It is a space right downtown on Washington Street and it is a, it's a co-working space. There is a kitchenette, there are offices, there are boardrooms, there are cubicles. So if you have a space that you need to work, maybe you work from home, maybe you know you just have a project that you want to get together with some people, contact Ampersand here in Marquette, uh, ask for Nick, tell him that Scott sent you, and he will definitely hook you up. But uh, So we are in their specific podcast room today, which is kind of cool. They allowed us to, to use this today. So... Um, Let's just jump right into this, Bryce. Um, so I know a little bit about your your past a little bit. I know that you graduated from Bark River High School. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay. So now, did you grow up in Bark River? Yeah, I grew up, born and raised in Bark River. Uh, okay. So I'm used to the UP and everything. Perfect. Okay. And we're going to talk a lot about sports today, which is something near and dear to my heart, and I know that's that's near and dear to your heart, too. Um, did you play a lot of sports and stuff growing up? I mean, I know Bark River is a very small area, but but was that a big part of growing up for you was being involved in sports? Yeah, it was basketball, football, and golf primarily for me. I remember playing against your dad when he was coaching at North Dickinson. Uh, Shout out to the Nordics. Yeah, they beat us twice my junior, senior year. So, Yeah, so, you know, and, and I, I love that small town life. Um, you know, I grew up in Kingsford, but 
every summer as soon as football season rolled around that was basically my babysitter was my dad taking me to to practices now uh, you know North Dickinson didn't do two a days because a lot of the kids on their team worked and had jobs so they would practice once a day in the afternoons because it's usually a little bit cooler you know it's not as hot that type of thing but yeah that's a big chunk of my childhood was like that part of summer August on football practice was my babysitter essentially um so um after high school, I know you headed to Grand Valley, correct? Correct, yes. Okay. Now, you got a degree in journalism. Was that the plan from, from day one when you headed there? Was that something that you always were kind of, like, leaning towards? Yeah, so the f- inspiration for being a sports journalist came when I was in sixth or seventh grade. I was watching the NCAA tournament on TV. I saw the line of press row sitting courtside covering the the games and I thought wow it's a cool job sure so that's kind of the inspiration as I got older I thought lawyer or sports writer so kind of decided to go to journalism and I decided on Grand Valley because that's where my sister went so okay moving her in and everything I just fell in love with the campus and a lot of kids from Bark River went to Grand Valley okay interesting yeah um it seems like there's little pockets of that at a lot of downstate schools. I know there were a lot of kids from the Iron Mountain Kingsford area when I went to Central. There were a lot of us kind of in that pocket there. Um, I know there was another big pocket of kids that were at uh, Saginaw Valley too. Um, so that that's interesting. But um, so to fast forward a little bit, I don't want to like completely just breeze through the college experience that you had. But I know you ended up in Escana- back in Escanaba in around like 2000 what 14 ish yeah yeah 2014 right after graduation okay so before you got there were you active like with the school newspaper at grand valley were you doing some sports writing for them yeah so my sophomore year i started working at their sports paper okay first beat i had was the swimming beat which is ironic because i can't swim (laughs) so the i used my knowledge of michael phelps being at the olympics all the time sure um Eventually, I worked to the women's basketball beat and then became the sports editor. So I covered men's basketball and primarily football as well. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So when you when you headed up to Escanaba to, to work with the Daily Press, did they have you kind of on that similar beat or, or did that kind of look different? It was different because it was the first time I covered preps. And then okay. there's the familiarity with being in the area that you played against certain coaches certain teams so that was interesting so in a way it helped because I had those connections and knew everyone yeah that's an interesting take I was thinking of that you know you're basically pretty much moving right to your own backyard where you're from so that's an interesting dynamic where you're probably covering a lot of coaches and players that you yourself had had worked with or were familiar with you know you weren't that far removed from from you know that level so that's an interesting take um did you find that that made the job easier or did in some respects did it make it harder covering that then because you kind of knew these people I think it made it easier because there's that stigma with sports writers that they don't know the game because they haven't played it so immediately I had some respect from just the coaches because they understood that I played at Bark River uh, so they understood um, my history there and I think that helped just with credibility the questions and conversations we were able to have feel like they're able to open up more to me because they feel like they could just relate with me in a way sure sure yeah that's an interesting take too because now that I think of like the people that I I knew as sports writers growing up or sports writers that you think of that are like famous you know the 
Skip Baylesses of the world or those type of people. You don't really look at them as like being athletes mm-hmm. prior, because a lot of them probably haven't yeah. haven't played the game. But you know, you are one of those sports writers that that can talk the well, walk the walk, not just talk the talk. <laughs> <laughs> so you ended up heading up to Houghton in about 2015, correct? Yeah. So how did that come about? That transition. Um, so it's kind of ironic. A week or two before the sports editor job opened up at Houghton, I was saying, like, why would anyone want to live there? It snows <laughs> so much. It snows so cold. much. Yeah. And I'm a basketball guy. I'm like, they don't even like basketball as much up there, so why would you want to live there? And then the sports editor job opened up for the Daily Mining Gazette in Houghton. Uh, I got asked if I'd be interested in, in applying. The thing that stuck out was that I could cover Michigan Tech, get back into the GLIAC, cover Okay. Uh, football beat, the basketball beat, so that uh, interested me. Because at this point, the goal was for me to be, like, I want to be a Division One beat writer, or sure. pro team eventually yeah. down the line. So I figured this would be a good step in my career to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess then once you got up there, was it everything that you expected it it would be or or I guess a better question to that would be once you got up there and you got into the thick of it and, and following the, you know, Michigan Tech and kind of going through the GLIAC, did you find yourself leaning more towards the college beat than the than the prep beat? or? I feel like it'd be split more because whatever I was doing, I had fun with it at sure. the time because Tech would usually be Thursdays, Saturdays for basketball, football okay. games on Saturdays, and you do the preview stuff during the week, meet with the coaches, players. It was, sure. it was really nice meeting with those coaches and just picking their brains. I mean, they're really smart, educated with the game and some of the smartest people I've talked to about it. So I really enjoyed that experience. Uh, the preps were different because I go from an area where people know me to an area where they're like, who's this guy? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so it, some of them I had some connections to because it was kind of ironic. Um, the Ewan Shaw Creek coach, Brad Bezanin, yep. his first year coaching – they went 23 and 0 and that was my junior year but then we beat them in regional fi- in this regional finals <laughs> so he remembered that so we had a I'm good I'm sure laugh. he did. <laughs> we had a good laugh about that a few yeah, times so definitely definitely um yeah that's a I mean that's an interesting kind of back and forth there between collegiate and then perhaps especially with you know there's a lot of small schools over there you know whether it be you know you're in Chassel or you're in Calumet or Hancock or you're right in Houghton or down in Ewan Trout Creek. I mean, when you, when people picture the Keweenaw, you really kind of just picture, you know, like the top of the UP. But I mean, if you really kind of stretch it, there's some major mileage there that you've got to kind of cover. So I'm sure that made for some, you know, interesting stuff, especially with weather and that sort of stuff. But that's some major ground to cover. I mean, did you find that that was difficult? Or was it not not too too bad to handle? It was manageable. I mean, I had a I have a Chrysler 300, but it only has rear wheel drive, okay. so it kind of made it squirrely trying to drive <laughs> up there at times. Sure. Um, <laughs> I one kind of ironic funny story is the night before I covered a Houghton boys game, put this kid had a really great game, put him on the front page as the main photo. Yeah. Next day I cover a girls game. And then I get stuck, and I end up backing into that kid. (laughs) So it was kind of funny, but it all worked out. But, yeah, there's there's been some times where you can't even see where it's just white. Right, yeah, you're just driving in a whiteout. So from there, 
essentially while so that was 2015 pretty much all the way up to to pretty much this summer you were up in Houghton and and eventually you've kind of you know now you've made your way to Marquette I guess what led to transitioning from there to Marquette so there's kind of a bunch of things that happened sure that (laughs) one with Houghton it was a lot just those three years just I didn't understand how much the sports editor has to do up there sure um newspapers in the UP aren't exactly bustling (laughs) financially so yes um sports editor has to do a lot of jobs it's editing people's story taking photos editing photos um designing the pages sure taking all the roundups from the games that you don't cover put those together yep and then you have to design the NFL sections and then the uh, the outdoors. So I'd be pulling like 60, 70 but hours a week, but only getting paid really for 40. Sure. But just because you know you care about the product, so you put that much time yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I'm glad that you brought all that stuff up because I think that there's probably a lot of people out there that think, oh, being a sports writer is probably a pretty cushy job yeah. or a sports editor. You're just, you know, dealing with sports all day. But all the stuff that you just rattle off, you know, the design, you've got to get scores, you've got to, you know, you've got to make it right, you've got to proofread, you've got to edit, you've got to get the photos in there. I mean, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that's not sexy, for lack of a better word. It's just you got to grind it out really, right? Yeah, there's typically in the winter I work every night, seven yeah. days a week, and then I'd start, if I had a game to cover at 6 p.m., go to the game, and there's times in the office I'd leave at 3, 4 a.m. Yeah. If we had a special section I had to make, I'd leave at 7 a.m. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, like you said, in the winter, because, you know, with the big change to boys and girls being, basketball being in the same season, I don't know if you you like that or you don't like that. What's your take on that? I grew up all the time with girls in the fall basketball boys in the winter so it was like basketball all year round which I loved and right with the project now which we'll talk more about later I would love it if it was that way too so we could cover basketball all year round but right um yeah I I missed those. when I was in high school I loved it because we could go to play our games yep. and go watch the girls it was fun but yep. just from a working perspective you wish it was split yeah, I I feel the same as you do. I'm very much a purist, and I grew up with the exact same thing. You know, having having the the girls' basketball season be in the fall. I, I mean, I understand the reasons, some of the reasons why they made the switch as far as like recruiting. I know that was a big thing for yeah. for college coaches being able to recruit, um, and, and a few other reasons. But yeah, I much more preferred it when it was separate seasons. Because, you know, really I feel bad. Who I feel bad for is, like, parents. I mean, yeah. how, how do you be everywhere at once? And, you know, the other thing, too, is, like, I, I would be curious to know what attendance at these games looks like now with the Switch. Because um, there's only so much basketball you can watch. I would think it would almost probably hurt attendance because you have so many games yeah. per week that it's got to just be, like, less attended. But, you know... I, like I said, I'd be curious what the numbers say. I think that's what it would be, it, but I could be wrong. It has to because, well, for Bark River, they do it one way where boys and girls will switch. So boys will play Mondays, Thursdays in the first half, girls Tuesday, Fridays. Midway through, they'll switch. But there's like Eski and Nagani where their boys and girls will play both Tuesday night at the same time in different locations. Oh, wow. So Okay, yeah. So then if you have that, then you're for sure going to see a drop. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's that's kind of part of sports in the up um you know it seems like everybody's football numbers are way down i mean i think kingsford only had like 30 some kids on their team this year which 
you know, me growing up in Kingsford and football being like the end all be all, <laughs> you know, to see only like 30 kids, you know, mm-hmm. on the roster is kind of like makes you raise your eyebrows. But that goes back to, you know, now more kids are playing soccer too. There's, there's a lot more options out there for, for kids to do, do things, I guess. But I don't know. Do you see a lot of that too? I mean, I would think you would see the same thing that I'm seeing, right? Numbers dropping. Yeah. I mean, there's only one division. Well, Class D is now called Division Four. There's only one Division right. Four football team, the UP Lakeland and Hubble. So right. You just look at it from that perspective. I was one of the last years when we had a full Class D schedule um, in 2010. We could play all the East End teams, yep. like the Brimleys, the Cedarville, they had yep. 11 person programs and now those are all gone yeah everybody's going to eight man or they don't have programs or they're co-oping mm. and that type of thing you know so it's it, the landscape of of sports in the up has certainly changed a lot mm-hmm. just from from when you and i were in yeah. school which isn't really all that long ago a little longer for me but i don't want to date myself <laughs> too much <laughs> so you moved to marquette which is a big move for you and as part of that I know you said there were a lot of things that led to that transition here to Marquette but one of the things that kind of came out of that was upbeat sports Mm -hmm. so do you want to talk a little bit about what exactly upbeat sports is so it's a subscription-based website that's dedicated to covering prep sports and right now we have four writers there's me Eden Lassie who worked with me at the Daily Mining Gazette she interned at Sports Illustrated uh, covered professional teams uh, wrote great features for SI. There's Keith Shelton, who was a sports editor at the Daily Press when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was lucky to work with him, build that connection. He's another dedicated writer that, writer that would work 60, 70 hours a week just because he sure. loved to put out a great product. There's Jason Sutherland, who's a student at Michigan Tech, who enjoys writing. We looked at his work. He reached out to us yeah. to see if he would be uh, an option, and we decided to take him on, and he spent the fall covering football to get ready for basketball season and so we have four writers that are covering the up to bring you basketball coverage awesome now where did the idea where did the idea come from like how did how did this even start because it had to start somewhere was i mean was it like sitting over a beer and talking or i mean where where did really did this idea come from so that's part of that's one of the reasons we moved to marquette and just uh how it kind of came into motion so the Gazette, I covered dollar base semifinal run and Chassel's state final run. And at that point, I felt like I did everything I could. And I was yeah. kind of looking for something else. At that time, I got a job offer in Marquette that would allow me to work normal daytime hours. Sure. I'd still be able to cover sports. Mm-hmm. And right when I was um, getting that offer, me and Eden were talking about uh, potentially starting our own sports website. Okay. And this was during when a certain... Lo- a newspaper in the UP was having coaches being disgruntled about lack of coverage. Yeah. They would joke with me like, hey, we'll start a GoFundMe if you come cover our teams. <laughs> and they, sure. in one of their uh, posts to get their, to vent about their disagreements, they counted my articles that I covered from the past year compared to the newspaper. I covered more than the entire staff just by myself. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So that's saying a lot for sure. But I, I like that that you and Eden kind of basically said, hey, there's a lot of awesome sports stories going on in the UP. Mm-hmm. Let's cover them. Yeah, you exactly. know, that's an awesome idea. And and the other thing is, is nobody else is really doing it. I mean, you said the newspaper yourself, they're on a limited budget, right? Yeah. 
and they can only get so many places at once. And these coaches are like, hey, we don't even have anybody at our yeah. game, you know, that type of thing. So I love the the thought process behind that. So obviously you don't just kind of like flip a switch and the website's there and all of this is put together. Can you walk me through that process a little bit of how you actually like got this created and got it off the ground? Yeah, that's another part why it just everything worked together too. So besides like another thing that pushed us over the edge was Jake Polfis, Carney Nato coach, mm-hmm. texted me one night when we were thinking about it, said, hey, you should start your own sports website like wisconsinsports.net. And I was yeah. like, all right, if I get this job in Marquette, we'll heavily consider it. So we did. But the reason why it really works is because I have a friend, uh, Haley McDermott, graduated two years below me at Bark River. She's a graphic designer for design firm in Green Bay. Okay. So she handles all the branding and designing for professionally built websites. So she did all our branding, came up with the name Upbeat, the color scheme logo, everything. Awesome. And designed the whole website. We gave her examples of what we wanted, and she put it together and gave us a great deal. She has also a website uh, developer that she works closely with. Okay. Those two were able to freelance for us and it just kind of all came together with all the connections. Yeah, and it's UP connections yeah. too, which is even better. So you're, you know, you're really kind of keeping it in the family, so to speak. Um, so, have you had any sort of pushback to the fact that you're creating this site? I mean, I know not everything is like sunshine and rainbows, but you haven't really received any like flack or pushback for creating the site, at least not this far. I mean, I know you're kind of in the early stages, but everything's been good. Yeah, honestly, everyone's just kind of excited for it. There's been a couple tweets people have showed me where high school kids, former high school athletes have tweeted, I wish Upbeat Sports was around when I was in school. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. I'm reading these features on, on you know, when you did the top 25 boys players in the UP, and I'm like, man, where was this when I was in high school? Yeah. You know, you get, like, really excited to see stuff like that, and you can see kids getting excited about it, too, so that's really cool. It, it's got a very much a feel to it um, and you and I have talked a little bit about this before um, it reminds me a little bit of like the athletic like yeah, that it's... that kind of thing but it's like that crossed with UP sports so it's like the best of both worlds because it's you know it's not um, UP sports is I think unique to other places I, I, would you agree with that? Yeah Eden too who played prep sports in Colorado she mentions in her column they have one of the best school seasons in school history and the community didn't care at all right so she comes here see how much everyone's invested and she believes that really this website project can only work in an area where sports are really passionate and the communities are passionate about their teams like they are in the UP absolutely I mean there's so many small towns the Bark Rivers Mm -hmm. and the the Felches of the world and the Chassels and you, you know you name it the Cedarvilles and the Brimleys where I mean, let's be honest, besides like when the Friday night lights come on or when you turn on, you know, turn the gym on on a Tuesday or a Thursday, there's not really a whole lot going on. Right. You know, as far as like social, you know, social settings. So, you know, growing up, I always was very keen and aware of that's like your social time. That was like a gathering place for people. You go to a football game, you go to a basketball game, you, you know, have a bag of popcorn and you hang out and you get to see some people. So it's you know it's unlike anything else i've ever experienced so you definitely have something unique to cover there um touching back a little bit about you know those uh 
top 25 players that you kind of went through for the boys basketball season what what teams are you really kind of excited to to follow or or what big stories do you think are going to come out of this basketball season the main one is the Iron Mountain boys. Sure. They returned all five starters from the quarterfinal run last year. Yep. Marcus Johnson is the class ABC reigning player of the year. Yeah. Foster Wonders, a sophomore, already has Division One offers. Yeah. I mean, I watched them yesterday play Gladstone. They live up to the hype. And uh, it's just kind of cool to see them play in person because you hear so many things about them. Yes. So to be able to cover them is a unique experience. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting them to watch them play this season. Mostly for me, it's a, a bit of nostalgia just because, you know, like Bucky and uh, and Foster's dad, like, you know, I grew up watching those guys play and like I know them personally. Mm-hmm. So now to see their kids playing and that type of thing, it's it's pretty neat. Yeah. Although it makes me feel old a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see, too, uh, County Matt had a pretty good squad last year, too, didn't they? Yeah, uh, Matt Ogil is set to become the school's all-time leading scorer in the coming games. Yeah. He just had 12 assists last night in a win over Nagani. He's one of the best guards in the UP. He's fun to watch. Very cool. Um, speaking of Grand Valley, didn't um, didn't that tall kid from Marquette uh, just sign with Grand Valley? Yeah, Marius Grizoulis. Yeah, that's six, it. I knew I was going to slaughter his name. So. Yeah, 6'10", uh, forward. It's kind of funny because when he announces scholarships on twi- or scholarship offers on Twitter, yeah. he had Tech, Northern, Grand Valley, and that's where his two brothers played and his sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, you know, I guess it, it's uh, not, not too far out of reach. Um let me see here. What else do I want to talk to you about? So, obviously, you guys are covering super heavy with basketball because we're right in the thick of it. I assume, obviously, you guys are gonna gonna try and get as heavy into like football and, and that type of stuff too. Or I mean, well, I don't. I know you don't want to give away too much, but what's your plan with that? You uh, you mentioned the pushback or the anything that have has happened so yeah. far. The one thing is people ask, "What else are we doing?" Yes. So and I'm like, just wait. You'll see. Just wait. Okay, yeah. I won't make you give it away then. I, I don't blame you for that. Now, so you talked a little bit about. Um, you know, it's five ninety nine a month, yeah. basically. So it's a it's a subscription service, but it's ad free. But I like that you put out there. You know, basically that's pretty much just covering so you guys can get to the games. Yeah. You know, because there's travel costs. You know, there's some expenses in there. It's not like you guys are out here making a mint. You know, running this site and and doing what you're doing. You guys are doing it because you love UP sports and you know that there's people out there that love it. So I think that that's. That's pretty cool. Now, you, you're you going to be doing a podcast, though, too, right? Yeah, the Upbeat Podcast. Jason is a uh, producer editing, editing it all for us. Uh, it should be coming out in the coming days. And we want to have it regularly where we just discuss. Eden and I will discuss what we see, project certain things, and just have a discussion about UP Sports with guests as well. Sure, sure. Well, and so... so I know you said you have the one student at Tech. Is Jason still up up in Houghton? Is he, like, kind of covering that area for you? I mean, I know you guys are kind of traveling all over, but is he going to, I'm assuming, going to kind of help cover that part of the UP? Or? Yeah, yeah, okay. Jason Sutherland is just in the Copper Country covering uh, those schools primarily, and then we make our way up there too. Like, Eden's going up to Dollar Bay uh, for the Jeffers game on Thursday. Sure. 
Now, d- I'm assuming, d- does Eden have a full-time job, too, besides just doing upbeat? Or is she just handling that? Or how does that work? Yeah, she's down the street at Boomerang oh, okay. right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's got to kind of make it interesting, too, because you've got to balance a full-time job with running this website. How does that work? It's not too bad. I just after, I gave up uh, a lot of other things for it. <laughs> So no more Fortnite, pretty much. I retired that. I I turned my gaming setup into a professional desk area now. Okay, Um, okay. So, yeah, the extracurriculars are kind of dumb, but that's fine. I like seeing this product and doing it and investing time into it. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't feel like a job. And that's the most important thing, I think, because as soon as it starts feeling like a job or it starts feeling like a hassle, then you got to kind of take a look in the mirror and say, okay, is this like really worth it? (laughs) At least that's how I feel like about doing this podcast because, you know, I've got a full time job and I'm just kind of doing this because it's something I love and I like to do and I'm passionate about it. But I don't ever want it to feel like it's like work to me because if it does, then I'm probably going to just sign off and tell everybody (laughs) like, cool, thanks for listening in. But uh so I'm trying to think, you know, another question I'd like to pick your brain on, because, you know, being from Kingsford and I've had, you know, a lot of discussions with some people around Kingsford about this, their basketball program has seen its share of struggles over the years, all the way through from before ever I was even there. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be like, you hate to say it, it's a football school, but it's just always kind of had that vibe. Do you kind of get that same vibe from it, or what do you what do you think there? I mean, I know they've got two really good players this year that were both in the top twenty five. Do you see them kind of turning that around, or or where do you see that going? So it's kind of funny because Kingsford, despite whatever struggles they have, they always would beat Houghton whenever I yes. would cover them or see them. So whenever I see them, I'm like, wow, these guys are pretty good because that's kind of uh, Houghton played four times in class B. Yep. They played Kingsford in the first round every yep. time and they lost. <laughs> and so uh I and Kingsford has two of the guys, uh Tyler Boshaw, Luke Carey in our in our top twenty five. Yeah. And I think as long as you have guys that can get the ball, get you fifteen, twenty points a night, you can build around that. So I think they'll be fine this year. Good. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear that. You know, Shout out to Coach Oaken if Oaken if he ends up listening to this because Oki and I I uh, I at fun trivia you know before I was doing what I'm doing now I was a a teacher so when I did my student teaching I did it at Kingsford and I actually was an assistant coach for one season for uh, for Oaken and uh, so that was fun I learned a lot doing that um, so. Basketball is more kind of your main passion as far as sports. Did I hear you say earlier you're kind of more of a basketball guy? Yeah, compared to hockey. Well, yeah, I mean this time <laughs> but, of year, uh, yeah. It's, I get asked what my favorite sport to cover is, and yeah. it's, I don't know. It, in the winter, it's basketball. In the football, it's fall. I can't really pick against each other because right. it's just something great about the organization of football and the just kind of the violent the poetic violence of it all and <laughs> yeah. everything that yeah i like i get it i'm a big football guy i, I enjoy basketball this time of year though I, I mean i'm a big michigan state basketball guy so that's like i'm like up to my elbows mm-hmm. in that all the way yeah. through and that carries me through the winter because you know you basically get like two games a week just about all the way through so that's my big thing but it's always interesting to hear you know what what sports people like and why because like you said you played golf in the spring right yeah okay yeah so like my big thing in the spring was I played tennis okay because it was like if you were going to play football you had to have a spring sport that's just the way it worked at Kingsford you know and I was slow slow as could be so I'm like I'm not gonna run track 
and I can't run distance. I'm not a distance runner, and I'm not big enough to to do shot put, and I can't long jump. I'm like, all right, I got to figure something else out. And at the time, baseball wasn't a varsity sport. I loved playing baseball. Um, So I ended up finding, like, tennis, which I still actually kind of play off and on every now and then in the summer. So that's kind of a sport you can kind of carry with you. Mm -hmm. I do golf. I do love to golf, but I'm rotten at it. So that's why I didn't play that in high school. But I'll be very curious to see where you guys kind of take things because I know there's a lot of different directions that you could go with this website, but I feel like like the sky's the limit for you guys. and it's cool that you and Eden are doing this together. You guys just got engaged, yeah. so congratulations on that. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, I, I would be too. I mean, you move to Marquette, you guys, you know, you get a get a great job. You start this website together. Now you guys are getting married. I mean, that's that's all big stuff. Um, is there anything else? I'm looking through here, and I don't I don't see anything that I missed that I really wanted to talk to you about. Um, I mean, is there anything else? sports wise or website wise that you want to talk about i mean what's some other big stuff that's going on sports wise with the up i mean we talked a little bit about calumet iron mountain um you know how's marquette squad going to be this year Are they i think marquette's probably the second best team in the up i saw them in a scrimmage against Gwyn. Okay. Uh, they actually scrimmaged iron mountain last week and i talked to someone they said apparently iron mountain won that so the two best teams in the up right there scrimmage you won't play each other in the regular season but that kind of gives you idea that those two are right premier. right and i i love some of the you guys did a very good job with your uh like preview before you went to the subscription you know those handful of articles which i think you can actually access them yeah. you know still even though you're you know you're on your subscription side now but uh i really enjoyed the piece that you did about iron mountain basketball and and bucky and and that was that was really good the other one that i really really liked was the one that you did on dan waterman Oh, that, yeah. yeah, that was an interesting off-season story. I was wondering if you guys were going to cover that because, I mean, there was quite a bit of controversy there, right? Yeah, so Dan um, got asked, got let go because of sideline antics, they called it. A week later, then they have the school board meeting, and he gets a lot of support, and they reverse their decision and reinstate him. So that was obviously one of the forefront stories we had planned to feature because our off-season stuff we didn't want to just go to teams and say okay who's good or who graduated how do you replace and we wanted to do stories on people the interesting storylines that uh people don't typically get in the up sure and it was great because dan was 100 percent open answered all questions didn't say didn't leave anything off the record and yeah that's what was able to get the story to be as good as it was sure and i I, you know i love the part of that too where you're talking about how it affected his son because i mean that's kind of almost like a got put on the back burner unfortunately as all this unfolded but it's like you know he's he's coaching his kid too so then he's you know it becomes not just a coach and player situation but a father and son situation so I liked that take on the article too because you know in the grand scheme of things that's probably way more important Mm -hmm. than a basketball game well that kind of related to me in a way because uh after I graduated high school Barker went through some down years with a bunch of kids who didn't care sure actually forced my dad out so in a way, I know how that can affect us. someone to just see their dad let go. And, yeah, Jason was fine and answered all those questions as well. So Yeah, and that's, that's – I mean, it's great that he did that. And I, I guess in a way, you know, my, my dad was never let go from his job, but I guess I understand it or I relate to being a coach's son mm-hmm. because it's, it's a definitely a unique situation because you see and hear a lot of things 
being the the child of a coach so it definitely gives you a, a unique and interesting perspective and definitely a different take on uh on just high school sports in general mm-hmm. so um or something else now that i was just going to ask you oh the story that you did on bill body shout out to billy <laughs> shout Boots. out to william yeah to william allen uh so so that's a great story too because bill is is basically making manistique great again right <laughs> i'm a make i'm i'm a i don't know i'm yeah whatever make manistique great again yeah so uh he told me, someone told me he got the job, and I texted Bill. I was like, hey, we want to do this story on you. Because he's a young guy who genuinely cares about sports, and yes. he comes from his dad who has coaching experience. So um, he knows kind of what it's like to relate to kids in the UP. Mm-hmm. And he's in a unique situation where they haven't had a lot of success, and he's got the energy and commitment to, to attempt to turn that program around. Yeah, I think so too. And I just love that he's just jumping right into it, you know. Um, I think a lot of people, uh, young people, would maybe shy away from stepping into, like, the varsity spotlight right off the bat. A lot of people are like, oh, maybe I'll coach 7th or 8th grade or maybe freshman and kind of, you know, get my feet wet mm-hmm. a little bit, and then we'll see. But he's just like, no, like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'm going to take the, take this on, you know, hit the ground running. So I'm, I'm definitely rooting for him. I, I'm curious to see how, you know, where he takes that program. So that'll be a lot of fun to follow. Um one other question I have for you, and you don't, you don't have to name any names or places or throw anybody under the bus, but you hear so often, well, at least I hear so often, because my dad has been an official, a basketball official for years, and people ask me all the time, oh, how come you don't get into refing? You should, you, you'd probably be good at that. Why don't you, you ref? And my response usually is, fans are brutal. Yeah. I, I go to games, you know, I go to a handful of games, not a lot because I don't have a kid in high school and I'm passionate about high school sports, but usually only come playoff time is really where I, you know, I'll go to Nagani and check out the district games and that type of stuff. Do you, you've been around sports long enough in the UP. Do you think that fans really have gotten fans and code, you know, fans and parents have really gotten worse over the years? Do you think that's a fair assessment? I think I don't know if the de- to the degree if they've gotten worse, but I think there's more avenues for them to vent their frustrations with phones, ah. social media. Um, there's one coach who took over a program, and by halftime he had 50 texts on his phone from oh, the parents. Oh they won Lord. that game too. So. Oh, wow. Um, there's another coach where I thought he would have no issues at all because just his prestige and what he's accomplished – Apparently, he has a lot of issues, too, I would never imagine. The only coach that has had virtually no incidents, he said only one, and it wasn't as bad as what people, yeah. other people deal with, is Jake Polk is at Carney. Okay. Because I was like, Jake, you got to be the only person in the UP who has no issues. He's like, I understand. He's like, yeah, I get how fortunate I am here. <laughs> so, only Jake Polk is, I think, is probably the Ingles and say Nignis probably as well. Right. You would think that they probably wouldn't have as much. But yeah. I know Jake says he's how fortunate he is my you know growing up my dad had very few i i honestly i less than you know he coached for 37 years and i I don't even think i could count i don't even think i could think of more than one or two instances that he had and maybe i was shielded from it but you know my, my dad actually talked about it when he um when he was inducted into the michigan high school football coaches association he said that he was fortunate to have 
a lack of parent participation and everybody kind of started laughing and he said what I really mean by that is they let coaches coach and yeah. they let players play mm-hmm. you know so I, I think when you have a community that gets it like the carnies of the world where they get it and they buy into it then you have a lot less of those issues but you know I, I think it it can be a detriment. I, I think that's why they're hurting for officials so bad. If I'm being, if I'm being honest, I mean, I don't know if you'd agree with that. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I also think it's the scheduling too, with the boys and the girls in the same season. But obviously, I mean, how much can people take with the vitriol from the crowds, night in, night out? Especially, it, you could do it four times a week. You don't want to deal with that. that right. Often. Right. It, 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 yeah, like you said, four nights a week. There's sometimes where my dad refs five nights a week. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, I joke with him now that, you know, he says, well, I'm just used to it after all these years, but he's he's old enough now that he's got hearing aids. I'm like, you probably just turn them off when, or don't put them in when you go on the court and then you just can't hear anybody. <laughs> so he didn't really like when I made that joke with him. But, um, yeah, it's just interesting. That's a, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there, but I hope, I hope it changes for the better. But uh, speaking of that, Here's a, a fresh tip for you for a hot story for next season. It will be my father's 50th year refing oh, wow. high school basketball. Okay. His goal, he's always said, is he wanted to get to 50 years. So this season is number 49. So next season will be 50. So so if you want to yeah, we'll lock wanna, that one away. Yeah, <laughs> lock that one away. If you happen to be covering a game that he's at, maybe you could get a few sound bites out mm-hmm. of him or get some stuff about 50 years of refing basketball. But uh, yeah, um, like I said, I, I don't think I have any other stuff. We kind of got off on a side tangent there. Is there anything else you want to add about the website or what you guys are doing or anything else you want to touch on? No, I just uh, I just give a shout out to our staff, just how dedicated they are to committing to this thing. Um, we have Eden who just drove to Cedarville last night, three hours away to cover a game. And yeah. Keith Shelton, who's also working on a full-time job, willing to work for us. And Jason, who's a student. Uh, full-time willing to cover that whole area as well and uh, I just say how proud that we are of the staff that we have to put this together awesome awesome well I guess there is one final question which if you've listened to my podcast you know what the final question is always is it ketchup or gravy or other on your pasty I eat them plain. You like them plain? Yeah. You just like them plain, Jane? Also, Eden still has to try a pasty, so we don't know which ones are the best in Marquette, though. Ooh, that's now that's a highly debated topic right there. Um, Gene K's has very good pasties, so they're right down by the dome. Gene K's, yeah. <laughs> Tell me, give me some, send you a check for that. Yeah, yeah so uh, not that that's an endorsement. Maybe they could send me a check. Um you know who else has really good pasties, and I'm 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 actually am going to give them a shout out because it's right in my backyard. But Ralph, you wouldn't think of a Ralph's Italian Deli up in Ishpeming because that's right next to my house. I always want to stop there because because I go to up there for work sometimes, and you need least, to stop in. Okay, the, they've got them on a on a on a spindle thing. They're like five bucks, but they're very good. But really, if you're stopping in at Ralph's, you need to get some kudigi, which is basically Italian sausage, okay. but it's the best. All right, I'll stop so. Then. But <laughs> that's interesting. She's never had a pasty. How long has she lived in the UP? She got up here, oh, just over a year. So Okay, so it's been over a year. Well, you're going to have to ask her. We'll have to, we'll add her to my, uh, I have on the, the Facebook page, I've got a, a pasty chart mm-hmm. for who picks what. So you'll have to let me know what the staff, you, you let me know what the whole staff okay. picks 
and we'll we'll do a separate one for upbeat sports the Sounds the pa- pasty picks we'll do a whole separate one all right Sounds good yeah. <laughs> all right well thanks again bryce for meeting with me i really really appreciate it thanks for having me scott okay it's time for the takeaways from my chat with bryce My first one is really not a new takeaway. It's one that I've talked about before, and that's pursuing your passion. Bryce loves sports, and he loves to write about them. Now, what makes his story a little bit different is that making all this happen in the UP isn't exactly an easy thing to do. But he's been able to do it because he's put the time and the effort in. I'm talking long hours in the office or on the road in the gyms or at these stadiums you know he's making all of this happen and the best part about all of it is that it actually shows through in his writing and i know that those of us that love sports and read his stuff really appreciate that and really the same could be said for the rest of the upbeat staff i hate to use a cliche but they're doing it all for a love of the game My next takeaway is to find your own lane. Bryce and Eden were able to clearly see a wide open lane in UP sports reporting. It was a spot that desperately needed to be filled. And instead of sitting around on that idea, they've picked up the ball and ran with it. And they, along with the rest of the staff at Upbeat, are now blazing a trail. And they're setting a high standard in UP sports news. To me, that's exciting, and it's really impressive, and the funny thing is, is I would bet any money they aren't the first people in the UP to have this idea, but they are the first people to follow through with it on an extremely high level. My last takeaway is really just more of a comment on high school sports in the Upper Peninsula. They truly are special. And the support that we give these student-athletes is second to none. I would challenge anyone listening to this, though, to extend that same support to our coaches, officials, and volunteers. I feel very strongly that all of these people deserve deserve the same revere and respect that we extend to the athletes that are out there competing. Because without them... The sports that we all love so much, well, they just might go flat. Chat It Up is a bi-weekly podcast about all things Upper Peninsula of Michigan. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and leave me a review. You can also find Chat It Up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you again to the Marquette Chamber of Commerce and the Ampersand Coworking Space for hosting us. And as always, a huge thank you to all of you listening in. I'm your host, Shooter, reminding you to keep your chin up and your eyes forward.